Pope Francis has shocked the world by praising a nun who promotes Catholic acceptance of cross-dressing, sex change operations, and homosexual relationships. These issues are tough, and it's complicated by the fact that this nun is actually doing some very good things in helping people out of dire poverty. We're going to unpack all of that and more about Pope Francis's controversial actions relating to transgenderism in this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Before we begin, I wanted to tell you that LifeSite has launched an internship which will give you great opportunity to learn on the inside what we're doing and how we do it and participate in this great mission. If you want to check it out, please do so at lifesitenews.com internship. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. LifeSite reporter Doug Mainwaring reported last week on Pope Francis's praise for Argentinian sister Monica Astorga Cremona, known locally in Argentina as the Nun of the Trans. Pope Francis's praise came in light of the nun opening a new complex of 12 small apartments dedicated solely to housing men claiming to be women and their sexual partners. In his communication with Sister Cremona, the Pope referred to her transgender clients as quote-unquote girls. Dear Monica, God who did not go to the seminary or study theology will repay you abundantly, said the Pope. I pray for you and your girls, end quote. It's not the first time Pope Francis has shown a stance opposite what the Catholic Church traditionally teaches about the rejection of one's God-given sexual identity. On October 2, 2016, Pope Francis referred to a woman who underwent a sex change operation as a man. He referred to her having married another woman and admitted to inviting them to the Vatican in 2015, describing the couple as happy and clarifying his use of pronouns, the Pope said that he that was her but is he. As with most of his controversial remarks, the statements came during an in-flight press scrum. On October 2, 2016, on his return flight from his papal visit to Georgia and Azerbaijan, the Pope referred to a woman who, quote, felt like a man, but, quote, was physically a young woman, end quote. After a sex change surgery in sometime between her 20s and 40, Pope Francis said, he got married. And also he said, quote, he wrote me a letter saying that for him, it would be a consolation to come see me with his wife. The Pope also said, quote, I received them and they were very happy. And you can add to that the fact that the Pope has openly promoted one of the biggest promoters of homosexuality and transgenderism in the Catholic Church in America, Father James Martin. The Pope named Father Martin to the Pontifical Council for Social Communications. The Pope had Martin speak at the Vatican's World Meeting of Families and also met with him personally in an audience, the photos of which were used by Father Martin to attest to the Pope supporting his agenda which has garnered opposition from several U.S. bishops. The issues surrounding transgenderism are complex, and today more so as society is 
pushing hard on this agenda and fiercely claiming that those who question it in any way are purveyors of hatred. We have gone so far as to criminalize, at least in some states and nations, psychological help for those wishing to normalize their sexual desires. The Catholic Church's teaching on the matter of sexuality are, however, very clear, and they cannot change. The teaching was actually succinctly summarized last year in a document by various high-ranking prelates, including Cardinal Raymond Burke and Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Called the Declaration of Truths, the document said it is a rebellion and grave sin for a man to, quote, attempt to become a woman, end quote. It said the male and female sexes, man and woman, are biological realities created by the wise will of God. It is therefore a rebellion against natural and divine law and a grave sin that a man may attempt to become a woman by mutilating himself or even by simply declaring himself to be such, or that a woman may in like manner attempt to become a man or to hold the civil authority has the duty or right to act as if such things were or may be possible and legitimate. So those are quotes, again, from the Declaration of Truths by Cardinal Burke, Bishop Schneider, and other high-ranking prelates. In the year 2000, the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith issued confidential guidance to bishops, noting that sex change procedures do not alter a person's gender. The document instructed bishops never to alter the sex listed in the parish baptismal records and said that Catholics who have undergone sex change procedures are not eligible to marry because in the eyes of the church, they would be marrying someone of the same sex. The church's traditional stance on sexual teaching, while it is characterized by the secular world as unfeeling, even cruel, in actual fact, speaks to the reality of human sexuality and is truly the only loving and caring stance. The falsehood of supporting lifestyles which lead to physical, mental, and spiritual harm may seem caring on the surface, but in reality, they deprive individuals afflicted with sexual dysfunction the care and the help they need and deserve. The best spokesmen for the truth on these difficult issues are actually those who have gone through sex change operations and have testified to the devastation that has resulted. Walt Heyer is a man who lived as a woman for eight years. He mutilated himself, actually, to appear as a woman. His testimony must be heard as it encapsulates the reality of sex change and the harm of affirmation of the rejection of one's God-given sex. Affirming children into a cross-gender identity is child abuse. Let's be honest. It's not physical abuse, but it's psychological abuse. It's emotional abuse, and it's sexual abuse. We cannot kid ourselves any longer, and our children are being destroyed. I, myself, was cross-dressed at the age of four, 1944, 74 years ago. And as a result of that, I became gender distressed to the point to where I underwent gender reassignment surgery after struggling because of being cross-dressed in a purple dress at the age of four. Those, we, we cannot 
ignore how devastating it is to young people to cross-dress them and affirm them. Do not kid yourselves. I'm here as a witness to this, that I'm still today stand before you with a mutilated body and a life that was destroyed in many ways, redeemed by Christ, certainly, but destroyed because I was affirmed and told how cute I looked, how wonderful it was, and went to a gender therapist who said, all you need to do is have hormones and reassignment surgery. That was in 1981. I underwent the surgery in 1983 because they said this is the treatment for gender confusion. Wrong. It's destructive. It's not treatment. It's further abuse. This is the physical abuse, cutting off body parts and filling someone with hormones is the, one of the most destructive things you can do. And it's not repairable. There's things that cannot be restored. I'm here as a witness to tell you we have to stop this nonsense. There are many testimonies from those who have gone down the road of so-called gender transition and warn of its devastation and the saving power of Christ who was able to deliver them from the harmful and sinful lifestyle. My mom refused to call me Jake. She never gave in to that. She never used male pronouns. And I hated her at the time for it. I was so angry and I would demand that she would call me Jake. But the, the truth was, her not calling me Jake was like a tethered reality to me. I never forgot who I was. And in the end, when uh, Jesus Christ came into my life and he radically set me free, and he began to pull me out of that lifestyle and show me the deception that I had been in, and he began to set me free of that, and I was so thankful that my mother never gave up on me. She never gave in to the lie, and she was like an anchor in the ground, always standing firm on the truth. And ultimately, she's the one that led me to Christ, and she was there for me when I was ready to come home. And I left that entire lifestyle. I walked away from the identity, my job, my partner, everything to follow Christ. And he's just radically set me free of all of it. I have no desire to go back. But even though the church's teaching is clear on the matter, the confusion being caused by Sister Cremona, Father James Martin, and even the Pope himself is very grave indeed. Added to that, there is the societal pressure, even in the form of laws that are crushing Catholics and all who would adhere to morality on these very issues. These issues are complex, and in the case of Sister Cremona, they are exacerbated by the fact that she is rescuing these individuals from sometimes dire poverty and giving them clean living quarters. Oh, what a joy it would be if Sister Cremona did that like a Mother Teresa without validating these people's sexual sin. It can clearly be seen that she is affirming these poor people in their sexual sin because she's permitting these men dressed as and sometimes mutilating their bodies to look like women to live in these apartments with their same-sex partners. Moreover, Sister Cremona has promoted LGBT so-called rights and gay pride marches, she could have helped these poor people out of poverty while offering them the Christian truth about God-given sexuality. Now, sure, that would be a harder path. Probably society would not celebrate her work as it is now if she were to do it that way, but it would be the way of Christ. It would minister to these poor people 
body and soul, giving them help both in this world and in the next. If you want a good picture of the new and false church that is being promoted knowingly or unknowingly by Pope Francis, Sister Cremona is a good place to look. There is a distortion of the Catholic faith happening to such an extent that the faith is becoming unrecognizable. There is a famous transgender activist and comedian in Argentina with whom Sister Cremona has associated with. This biological man, who claims to be a woman, calls himself Lizzie Tagliani. And in a video in which he acts as an on-location reporter for a TV show, he walks around an outdoor Catholic celebration where he speaks with several people in the crowd, eventually speaking also with an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion who's actually distributing Holy Communion in the crowd. The transvestite Tagliani asks the extraordinary minister of Holy Communion if he can receive, even though he may have sinned, and she gives him communion. There's commotion in the studio as this comes as a surprise, and Tagliani says jokingly, well, if I melt, I know why, because I receive communion while being in sin. After the laughter in the studio dies down, the host says, anyway, the Pope says to cause trouble, to which Tagliani responds, of course, I just made a mess just like Pope Francis said we should. The situation in the church is dire. We seem to arrive at the times prophesied in Holy Scripture when even the elect will be confused. And here's where I want to ask you to join me in a plea to all of our faithful bishops and cardinals to speak out and to defend the faith which is being corrupted by the Pope himself. Yes. These times are hard, and yes, it is a difficult stance to take for these bishops and cardinals who need to speak out to the Pope himself. But in fact, they're called to defend the faith. In fact, it was the very apostle who was the first one to publicly confront the first Pope, St. Peter, on his error. He said this to Bishop Timothy, and it is a charge, I believe, to all of the current bishops and cardinals who are still faithful to the one true holy Catholic and apostolic faith. St. Paul said this to Bishop Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And that's the plea we all make to the good bishops and cardinals who are still willing to defend the faith for Christ, for his church, and indeed for our own children who are being deceived and confused in this time of great error and confusion coming from the Pope himself. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. May God bless you.